It all begins with this gate drop. All right, hello everyone. Welcome to the first official episode of the Power to the Ground podcast. Um, my name's Steve. I am your host, joined by my best friend, as always, and co-host Jesse. Hi, Jesse. Hey, everybody. I'm Jesse. I am that guy. He is that guy. So, Power to the Ground podcast. Um, all things motocross, supercross, dirt bikes in general. You know, something we're both passionate about. Um, this is the first episode. So, before we really get into what we're doing. Uh, let's talk a little bit about how we started, you know, and really we've been wanting to do this podcast for a while, um, but it really started as an Instagram page that you started, you know, a while back now. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, the, uh, so like Steve said, we, uh, we've been talking about um, motocross and supercross together for a very long time. We used to go to Unadilla every year um, with my dad when we were younger and uh, it's just kind of a passion that has kind of stuck with us. And we, we definitely get into this uh, big time when the, uh, the seasons are going on. And uh, what happened as we got older is it was no longer socially acceptable for us to spend every waking moment with one another. So what happened at that point was I got antsy and I wanted to talk about motocross and supercross. So um, I made this Instagram page. Um, where I just kind of wanted to start posting stuff about um, motocross and supercross and just dirt bikes in general. And as it grew, you guys out there um, on the the Instagram page, you started actually talking back to me, which I thought was incredible because it, it gave me uh, it gave me a place to go outside of talking to Steve to uh, talk about motocross and supercross. And uh, that's just kind of how it was born. And you guys have, uh, we took a little bit of a hiatus from that Instagram page, um, as I'm sure most of you know. But uh, we're back now, and you guys jumped right back on the uh, the post as soon as I started posting them again. And I was like, hell, you know what? Let's turn this yeah. into a podcast. Let's, let's do this, you know. And that was really what it was. When you saw that, you know, there was a lot of interaction, you came to me and was like, listen, we talk we talk about this stuff every week after every race. Did you watch the race? Did you watch the race? Did you watch the race? And really what it comes down to is if you can't spend an hour or two with your buddies talking about motocross once a week, then, you know, what are you really doing? So we just decided to record that conversation, which is really what this is. And um, I think it's just going to be a great outlet for us. And then hopefully something that, you know, people enjoy. Um, so that's a little bit of the background. And, you know, we're going to try to do this every week. Um, as long as there's races, I mean, even in the off season, we'll, we'll find things to talk about. Maybe we can talk about new bikes or whatever. Um, but you know, we're going to try to keep this consistent. Uh, the podcast will be uploaded to SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify on Sunday night. So whatever your podcast listening medium of choice is, you can find us there. Um, should be up usually on Sunday nights. You know, you can check in then and or, or Monday morning, or you know whatever that is but also if you haven't already if you're listening to the podcast and not instagram live uh thank you if you're on instagram live follow the instagram it is at power to the ground um and we also have a website uh the website is power to the number two the ground.com um you can find our instagram feed you can also find the podcast or links to the podcasts and uh some other merch and things like that uh actually jesse if you want to talk about kind of the merch side of the website yeah so um 
we have a if you're on the instagram and you're you're looking at our instagram you'll see that we have a logo on there and i personally can't wait for um some hats put some some hats on and uh some mugs I'm thinking about if you're watching this on Instagram, you can see me patting on the wall right now. That's where we're going to put a, a, a big logo on the uh, the wall there. I'm pretty excited about it. So we don't have merch on the website yet. Um, however, we do have an MX Gear page on there. Um, the intent of that MX Gear is just for you guys. If you're if you're interested in in um, in helping us support this uh, this podcast, you can just go on there. You'll see a list of stuff that you guys are probably already buying already. There's like two-stroke oil. There's chain chain lube. You know, the pretty much the stuff that you're already buying. But if you want to support the podcast, you can go ahead and just click on the links in that that page and uh, buy them through Amazon on there. Um, also. If you have any recommendations, it's a pretty limited list right now, but if you have any l- recommendations for items that you want us to list on the website, go ahead and DM us through the Instagram page, and uh, we'll list them up there so that we can uh, put the stuff that you guys want up there. Awesome. So follow on Instagram, pow- at Power to the Ground. Got the website, power to the number 2 groundcom and then, of course, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify for the podcast every week where we talk about what we're about to talk about now, and that is, especially now, outdoors, motocross. So this today's going to be a little bit different. Um, I think normally what we'd like to do is kind of we're going to come in, we'll talk about the night before's races, uh, Saturday's races. We'll, what did we think? How would we see? You know, is there anything interesting going on? We'll do some predictions for the next week, and uh, we can even kind of interact with some of you guys that are on the Instagram Live each week. But uh, because this is our first one and because there were no races yesterday um, – one of the reasons we decided to do this today is let's do a, a season review. Now, we're just over halfway through the season. And, you know, some things look a little bit locked up. Some things look a little bit still open. So um, we're going to go over the 250s. We'll go over the 450s. We'll do some predictions. But let's let's really kind of encapsulate this whole outdoor season since we're kind of jumping in in the middle of it here. And, um, you know, let's, let's start with the 250s. And, Jesse, I'm going to throw it to you, man. What are you? What do you? What have you seen from the 250 riders that has kind of stood out to you so far this season? Um, the 250 riders, for me, have just been kind of all over the map throughout the season. Um, there is a very deep pool of riders in the 250, um, but they have they've kind of sorted themselves out now, uh, just like the 450s have. But um, you kind of have th- three tiers of of riders. You know, you've got your your top tier, which is. Um, uh, I feel is uh, Dylan Ferrandis, Justin Cooper, R.J. Hampshire, and um, Adam, Adam Santiarulo. Um, I actually think, believe it or not, I think Adam Adam Santiarulo, Adam Santiarulo. You're gonna get it. You're gonna Adam get C. it eventually. Adam C. Big old Adam. Let's go 92. C. Number 92. Number, the 92. Number 92. <laughs> yeah. So um, I actually think he is. He's last in line for that top tier. I think he's, uh, especially the way that things are looking so far um, towards the the end of the first half of the season, the way that everybody else is kind of picking up pace. So that's interesting. I, I think, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, definitely he's <clears throat> he hasn't been quite as dominant in the past couple of weeks. But, you know, you're looking at it, he won the overall the first four weeks, five of the first six weeks um, outside of week five. He's His lead isn't huge, but he's been – 
consistent enough to really put himself above all these other riders. And now that doesn't mean he's the most talented. And that's kind of a theme we're going to be talking about a lot today, especially is consistency versus talent. And right now he's been the most consistent this season. There's a reason he has a, I think it's a 25 point lead in the standings. Um, so to put him behind both Ferrandis, Cooper, you know, I, I personally, I, I don't know. I think right now he's just, he has it. He's, he's, set himself apart through that consistency. I noticed Justin Cooper, who I can't wait to see grow personally. Um, I think this kid is going to be special. I think as he gets older and more used to um, riding at this level, I I can absolutely see him taking over both the 250s and then dominating eventually in the 450s. Um, he's got great starts. That was the thing I noticed. This guy starts at the front almost every single moto. It's, it's unbelievable, but he tends to fall off. Second moto for the first few weeks is where he kind of fell off. And then as you've noticed the past few weeks, overall, he's also kind of fallen off. So he started strong in the season. He starts strong each race, kind of falls off. That's a lack of consistency that he has to develop that Cianci Rulo already has. Um, Ferrandis has come on strong more recently, but he didn't start great. So he didn't have that same consistency. Um, but he is on fire. And I think that look going forward, he is the one that could challenge the 92 for for the for the points because he is on a roll right now he's riding with a lot of confidence and um so sure i think by the end of the season you could change my mind but i don't know that you can put those guys ahead of the ruler right now the way he's riding that consistently yeah i could see where you're going on that i just uh, especially watching the last couple of races um dylan ferrandis just looks like far and away the fastest guy on the track um when he drops the hammer he drops the hammer um and if he keeps that momentum after after this week break, um, going into Spring Creek, um, it's going to be a tight race. Uh, and uh, you're right, CNC Rulo definitely has that consistency part over the rest of the the guys who fit into that class. Um, I just don't I, I don't buy that he's the the fastest overall. Uh, he may be the the most consistent, but I don't buy that he's the fastest. Well, overall. so when it comes down to it, what are you talking about? Are you talking about who has the best chance to win a championship? It's not always the fastest rider. We see that in the fourth fifties almost every year, especially in Supercross. And we're definitely going to get there. But um, you know, the riders who win championships are the riders who can make the best of their bad days. The riders who can avoid dropping out of the top five in any one moto, especially in outdoors, where both <laughs> Dungy, motos. Dungy. Yeah. <laughs> Dungy was great at that, right? Like he was great at worst, not being great, right? He on his worst days he was fifth, but and on his best days he was second or third. He grabbed some wins, obviously, um, but that was it. He was in that ground where you could be faster than him, but you were never going to be more consistent than him. And to me, Dungy is one of the greatest riders of all time, even though he may not have always been the fastest on the track. So. When you're ranking these 250 riders, especially this season, I think the rankings show exactly what they should be. Sanzarulu has been the most consistent. He's been fast. He, I mean, again, he won the overall the first four weeks, five of the first six. That's impressive. Uh, Justin Cooper has shown flashes of greatness. He's got to find his confidence and consistency. I think that'll come with time. He's a young kid. And Ferrandis just now is coming on strong. So he could be more consistent throughout the rest of the season, Ferrandis, and maybe you know catch Sanzarulu in the points and take over. But right now up to this point he hasn't been nearly as strong and strongly consistent so is is 92 the most talented maybe not is he the fastest on any given day probably not he actually i don't i i had the note somewhere but he doesn't have the most most single moto wins even though he has the most overalls right um 
And that's actually exactly why it's, exactly it's set up why. that way. Yep. That's exactly why he is in first place because he's won those overalls by being consistently on the podium. Whereas, you know, the guys who have won when they haven't won have dropped out of the top five. Right. Uh, long story short, as soon as Austin Forkner comes back, <laughs> everybody's screwed. So. I think that's that's going to be interesting. Well, I and I know you're I a big agree. fan of Forkner. I agree. Justin Cooper is going to have. Uh, I I agree. Justin Cooper is going to grow too. Um, just you know, watching uh, how Austin Forkner just kind of came into his own Supercross before he got hurt. Everybody's screwed. Uh, assuming I, assuming he doesn't have a hard time coming back from this injury. It is a torn ACL. Um, I have had a torn ACL uh, twice, actually. Um, it's it's a big deal. Yeah, it's yeah, a big deal. It, it, it is, and that's what, you know, I mean, injuries in general, especially in a sport that is so so hinged on your, your confidence in yourself, your confidence in your writing. I mean, Jace, look at Jason Anderson. Um, he just hasn't looked like the same rider this, that he was. The guy who won the Supercross Championship, you know, two seasons ago, he hasn't looked like that guy. And he actually said, I saw there was an interview, um, I don't remember what week it was, but he, you know, I think he had got on the podium. And, uh, and he, even he said, he's like, you know, I'm just, I'm still a couple of ticks off of where I, where I was, where I need to be. And he, I think he knows it. The problem is that's in his head now, you know. And when you don't have that confidence, I mean, when he won that, when he won that indoors, he was he was riding with all of the confidence. He didn't right. care who was in front of him. He was going to catch them. He was going to pass them. Um, and I think it was just it was really impressive to see. And it sucks to see that he's you know doesn't have that confidence back. So for Forkner, is he going to have that confidence? He's going to be worried about how his knee is going to hold up in a race. And I think that's going to hold him back for his first probably a decent amount of races when he comes back. It's a it's it's a sport of confidence and momentum. And if you if. You know, if if you've got the confidence, even if you don't have the momentum, that can override. Um, you know, it's, it's well, the confidence it's very, can bring you the momentum, right? And like, it, it can help each can. other out. When yeah. you you win a couple of motos, you grab an overall, suddenly your confidence is high. And even if you drop a moto there, if your confidence is still high, you can kind of overcome that. And then suddenly now you're building momentum. Same if you can be the other way around. Even if you're not riding at your most confident, right? But you grab a couple of podiums. And you get some momentum going. That momentum can give you the confidence. Like, oh man, I've I've got this thing going now. So, yeah, I don't want to get stuck on Forkner too much because he's not racing right now. But so, are we gonna do? Are we gonna do the predictions? Yeah. So let's take a look. So we we did the review. Um, it, it's it's pretty good season. I think it's gonna be close coming. If Ferrandis can keep this momentum going, man, it's gonna be it's gonna come down to the wire. It's gonna and be I, interesting. I so it, predictions, right? We're gonna do because we're kind of looking at um, season reviews. Let's look at the whole season, rest of the season, right? We got five more races. We got Spring Creek, Washougal, Unadilla, Bud's Creek, and the Ironman. So, five races left, and Sans Rulu has a, I believe it was a 25 point lead yep. in the standings over Ferrandis. What do you think is going to happen moving forward the whole the whole rest of the season? Uh, my just from looking at the way things are going right now, my prediction is uh, Ferrandis is going to get a, a bunch of wins here. Um, he's. I think he's going to string them together, and I think he's going to push Ciancierulo right to the end. Um, I think th- at this point right now, the way that Ferrandis has been riding, even though Ciancierulo has the lead for the championship, I think ball's in his court. It's going to be he's going to have to rise to the occasion to not lose the championship to Ferrandis. So I, I mostly agree with you. I think Ferrandis has control right now, right? Even though he's second in the points, he has control. If he can ride the way he's been riding, I think he catches 92. I think he probably passes 92, and he can take that 250 championship. 
that is not where I'm going with my prediction, though. So for my prediction, I think that um, Cianciarulo is gonna gonna take the the championship, and the reason is consistency, right? <laughs> Up to this point, who has been the most consistent rider? Yes, Ferrandis is on fire, but he also hasn't shown thus far that he can hold it for a long stretch of time. And until he does show me that, I think my prediction is going to be that 92 takes it all. And I think Ferrandis is going to push him. He can make it really, really, really close, Cut, take a few overalls, take some moto wins, and really chop that points lead down. But I think, you know, there's going to be a couple of motos where he has those bad days, and that's that's what's going to cost him. Yep. Yeah. I I tend to agree with you there. He definitely has the uh, the consistency card on on his side, uh, but we'll see. Again, I think five overalls in the first six five overalls in the first four races for weeks. You know the number. Yeah. Um. I mean, that's a level of consistency that wins championships. So, there's our two fifty prediction. So next week at Spring Creek, right? Let's go down to the specific race, and I want to write these down, right? Our predictions for next week, so that we can come back next week's podcast, and I can tell you how wrong you were. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so next See week, how this goes. <laughs> See how this goes. However, I am going to be on your side here a little bit for next week specifically next week i think ferrandis takes the overall at spring creek and i think he probably has one if not both moto wins okay so i wanted to do um top three for the overalls here um so my top three for the overalls in the 250s i have ferrandis number one um i won't be surprised if he either goes one two or one one um i think justin cooper is going to be number two and I think R.J. Hampshire is going to push CNC Rulo off the off the uh, overall podium. All right, so you have Ferrandis, CNC Rulo. No, I'm sorry, you have Ferrandis Cooper, and Hampshire. Hampshire. Yep. All right. That so, is my prediction. <clears throat> I'm going to agree on the number one. My prediction for next week, I think Ferrandis takes the overall. Probably one one, if not one two, maybe a three one. Something you know, something along those lines. I think he carries that momentum from last week. Or. Yeah, it'll be two weeks ago. Two when weeks we race. ago, right? Um, I'm gonna say that the 92 Cianciarulo takes number two. I think he takes second overall. I think he continues his consistent streak. And then um, I'm also gonna go with Hampshire in third because I'm gonna push Justin Cooper out. I think he started to fall off a little bit, and I'm wondering what it, where his confidence is at. He's so young, and <clears throat> to have you know a couple of really rough races here and there, and I think his his confidence has got to be hurting. Um, and again, he's had this. His whole thing has been he starts great, and then falls off, and I think that's going to continue moving into next week. So he, I don't think that uh, Justin Cooper makes a podium. So my three are Ferrandis, uh, Santarulo, and Hampshire. All right, for next week. There's our predictions. <clears throat> Join us next week to watch us fight over who is more right and who is more wrong. <laughs> or we can just uh, make fun of Jesse for how wrong he was. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Santarulo is going to be on the podium. You, you mark my words. So, all right, so that pretty much covers the 250s. It's been, you know, it's been a really, really interesting, fun season to watch in the 250s so far. Um, but moving on to the 450s. <sighs> Man, it's these difficult. 450s. Difficult for me to look, to watch the 450s. <laughs> well, listen, all right, so before we get into this, I just something I've told you I'm going to harp on it. Consistency is key in this sport. You have to be consistent. Um, and right now, the reason that Tomac is so far ahead of everybody else is because he's the only one. At least in the 250s, you have guys who have been consistent enough to keep it close, right? There's only a 25-point lead. Justin Cooper's been close. Ferrandis is getting even closer. Everyone's just dropping off because nobody can match Tomac's consistency. And I'm going to start. The thing I wrote down 
that really stuck out to me, and I think the perfect example of why Tomac is going to win this championship and why he's a three-time outdoor championship in a row. Um, week three, which was Thunder Valley, he went off the track because his goggles were broken. He was, he had, I think he was already pretty far back. He had a rough start because he's Tomac. He had to go off the track, get new goggles, get back on the track. Within a couple of turns, he was back to where he was when off the track, and he finished that race in fifth. That is impressive. When you have to leave the track, you are no longer racing in a, in, in a sport where it can come down to seconds between riders. He lost a lot of time and still finished second. That is the kind of consistency you need to have to win a championship. And Roxon started off great. This thing was tied four yeah. weeks into the season. Right. Right? They, they, they had the points lead tied. Roxon looked great. I was like, here we go. Right, right? I, it's, we're finally getting the Roxon Tomac thing that we haven't had since they were in the 250s when I actually still really liked Tomac. Um, <laughs> and it was great. And then what happened? Roxon's just, he just, his consistency has just dropped off and now he's dropping. Mooskin had an awful start to the season. Awful. I mean, I, I'm watching, I went, you know, through the reviews for, for getting ready for this podcast. And I'm watching his first. It was the first race of the season. I see Muskin down off the off on the side of the track. And yep. I just shook my head. I'm like, here we go. Because if there is somebody I think that talent wise can keep up with Tomac and to really push Tomac, it's Muskin. Um, when he is on, he is a fast, fast, fast rider. But it took him three, four weeks into the season to even start getting his wins. And then obviously you put him in the sand tracks, you know, Southwick, and he just dominates because that's what he he's really, really good at those sand tracks. And I think that gave him a lot of momentum and he throws it away again last week. Yeah. Um, and there's no consistency there. This is a stacked 450 field. Stacked. But Tomac's running away with it because nobody else can be as consistent as him. Yeah. It, it, it goes deeper with the 450s than it does in the 250s you know it's it's more than just consistency with tomac um he's consistently just the flat out fastest rider on the track um so he takes it another level not only is he consistent but he's consistently just on another level from everybody else who is on the track and for me it's kind of difficult to watch because i like i like there to be competition you know i don't want to be four races from the end of the season and know who the champion is already. Yeah, That's I mean, barring fun. some kind of energy or injury or crashing out of the, the season, I mean, Tomac's running away with this right. now. And it's, um, you know, the, I was talking about the three tiers and the 250s, and there's still three tiers in, in the 450s. However, there's only one rider in that first tier, and it's Tomac. Um, and the, 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 there's, you're right, it's stacked because that second tier... The second tier of riders in in the 450s, um, that that is a stacked number of riders that are in that second tier, and some of them are even fast enough for a couple of laps to jump into that first tier with with Tomac. I think Muskin rocks in on his really good days. Right. Uh, Cooper Webb has Cooper shown Webb. an incredible amount of speed. Yeah. Um, it, it, the only time Jason Anderson really jumps into that is when Tomac's behind him. <laughs> Um, that is something that I enjoy. He's Jason, so tough to Jason pass. Anderson. Jason Anderson is the 2002 Ravens of of riders in professional motocross and supercross. Just all defense. All defense. All defense. It's fun to watch, especially when Tomac's trying to get around him. I love seeing it because it just keeps things interesting. The longer we can keep Tomac 
out of first place, the more interesting the races are. That's just the way that I feel about it. Um, he is probably, at this point, he has achieved all-time speeds. Um, you know, I think a few years from now, we're going to be looking back at this and, and you know... The, the whole LeBron and Michael Jordan, who would have won one-on-one, you know, we're going to be talking about Tomac and the GOAT, you know, who would have who would have been faster, put him on the track at the same time, or even Villapoto. Um, Pure speed, he is just, man, when, when Tomac is at his fastest, I agree, nobody touches this guy. It's It's, it's over. When yeah. you see, when you see, like, oh, crap, you know, it starts, Tomac gets decently up front, and you just look at it, and you just watch him go. You're like, "Oh man, this is bad. This is over. This is you know, you know what? Even if he's not in first yet, you know, a half a lap into it, that Tomek is running away with this. And in ninety percent of the time, when he's like that, he does. Right. Um, so I, I know that a lot of you on on Instagram who have been uh, interacting with the posts, you probably noticed I'm the one that you're chatting with on those comments with the power to do, power to the ground uh, um, Instagram page. Um, if you're wondering if I'm a Tomac hater, yes, I am a Tomac hater. Um, it, it's not because I hate the guy. It's just because I want to see competition. I want us. I want it to be entertaining. Well, wait for the Supercross season then. Yeah. Because that's. I mean, let's. When let's Senor face it. Poopy Pants comes y- out. Yeah. So suddenly you put him indoors, and that's actually something we should probably hit on. Like, what what happens? This guy has, is now about to win his third outdoor in a row. He is dominant. I don't think he's been quite as dominant this year as he has been in past years. Um, I think there, the door was open for a while at the beginning of the season for somebody to take that from him. He did start to kind of find his speed here, and then Muskin couldn't find speed, and Roxon lost his speed, and like, and I think it, his championship, outdoor championship this year, is more about the lack of consistency and being pushed from his competition than it is about him dominating. Right. Um, however, you are right. When he's on, he's on. But he can't translate that to Supercross. He hasn't translated that. He'll be the fastest on four weeks in a row. And when it comes down to it, he needs to get a podium or a win to really, you know, put the clamp down on everybody and he goes down. Yeah, he'll drop out of the every, top ten. Every single <laughs> time. And it's just unbelievable to me that somebody who is this talented, this fast. And I'm not a so I'm not a Tomac hater like you. I actually used to be a huge he was my favorite rider. Um, back when he was in the 250s and his first few seasons in the 450s. And it wasn't until I saw that lack of the uh, the Tom Brady gene, you know, the, the, the clutch gene, the one where it's like, okay, you just won eight in a row to close this huge gap with Dungey. You remember this season, like he just went on a tear that Supercross season and then right the race when he could have just absolutely taken that lead and said, nope, this is my championship, he goes down twice, twice right. in that race. So... What, is it a style thing? Do you think he's just more naturally suited to outdoors, or do you think it is because Supercross is a, a more popular sport? It's more the pressure. Is it a clutch thing? There's definitely, I think there's definitely a, a pressure to it. I mean, they're they're in arenas. You know, they've got huge crowds all gathered around them, and they're all screaming whenever there's when that whenever there's any type of competition going on between the riders. You know, they everybody can see it. Whereas in outdoors, you have larger tracks. People are scattered out. There's not as much pressure from the audience around you. But also, just the tracks themselves, you know, um, he is, he, he's a very fast rider. You know, he, he likes to hold on, he likes to hold on the throttle. Um, 
And he's at his best when he can just hold on the throttle. Which you can do more outdoors. You can do much more outdoors. And that's so why yes, I say I it's like a, a style thing. I think there's a, there's a style thing to there. But, however, there are some times when his style translates to, to Supercross, and you can see that he's the fastest Daytona. one out there. Yeah. And that, but Daytona but, is such a fast track. It just like it says here, Tomac, please win. Right. <laughs> but the pressure, the pressure part of it, I think, is the the difference maker. Um, do you think he can get over that hump, or do you think it's just something it's that he's going to have to deal with? I think it's personality. I think as soon as he goes to outdoors and he's got a scattered group of people out, and he, you know, there is there is cheering fans at the at, in the audience in outdoors, but it's not as it's not as um, it's not as tangible for the riders in outdoors. You it don't is feel that energy end. as right. much as you do in the in the indoors. Yeah, um, I think he can overcome it. I do. Um, I think it's going to take an incredible amount of effort on his part. I think it's going to take I don't know. Maybe he starts meditating. Maybe he starts seeing a psychologist, something <laughs> you know, to help him get used to it. But I think he can change. And I think if he's still young, if he can break through, let's say he wins Supercross next year. And he finally gets over that hump. I think that's dangerous for the rest of the field. Yeah. Because if now that he has gotten over that, he's like, oh, that's right. I'm faster than all of you guys. Right. And he's, I think he t- goes on a tear of three or four in a row. He think he starts he starts to finally rival the Villapotos and the Ryan Dungeys as far as consistent Supercross well, championships. But he has to get over that hump first. He's young-ish. You know, he's he's approaching right. he's approaching the Ryan's um, retirement. I, yeah, but. I think if age. I think if Dungey raced another two or three years with this field, he would have another two or three championships under his belt. I agree. He wasn't losing speed. I think he's just hey, I just won four championships. Right. Like, I'm done. What am I going to do? Right. do? You know. Um, so yeah, he, he's not you know a rookie anymore, but he's got enough time I think to kind of still cement his legacy if he gets over that. Home. Yeah. Um, so we went on a Tomac tangent. We're we're probably going to do that a lot because he is a polarizing. Just you and I have gone back and forth on him so much. Yeah. Um, but I still also want to talk, you know, we still got five weeks left in the season. Um, Roxon, I wanted to get your thoughts on Roxon because when this season started, I mean, he's obviously dealt with a lot over the past few years. Where do you think Roxon is? Do you think he can ever actually fully get back to where he was before those injuries? Cause it looks like he shows flashes where it's, he's the best rider on the track. You want to talk about somebody that, you know, when they're on, they dominate. Roxon is that guy that can push Tomac when he, if Roxon gets back to, where he was when he was dominating, I think it's him and Tomac just yeah. neck and neck, but a minute and a half ahead of the rest of the field. But he hasn't shown that he can stay there. He's shown flashes this year. Do you think he can get back to where he was, or do you think the injuries did too much to his psyche? I think the injuries did too much to his psyche. I don't I don't think it's a physical thing at this point. I think it's really, um, you know, when he goes over a jump, he, he's got to – in the back of his mind, it's got to be there somewhere, you know, every time he goes over a jump. And you're over a jump, like, 50% of the time that you're racing. <laughs> you spend half the race in the air. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think it has a lot to do with Psyche. I think he I think he has... But that's Psyche has always been a problem for, for Roxon, as you and I have, have discussed. Even before the injuries... You know, if he dropped off of one or two and you got an interview from him, it was excuse, 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 excuse. Um, and he's still doing that. 
he's still doing that now just as much as he was before. He if just, anything, he's doing it more now to try to cover up that he's he's trying to make up for, you know, oh, you know, on this lap, the bike was just not feeling great. Right. Or, you know, how I got often, bumped here. How often can you get sick? Seriously. Yeah. I mean... <clears throat> Yeah, I feel like he's. I feel like he's got a flu or a cough or. Yeah, we had a bad week of practice because I had the flu. Or, yeah. You know this, this, this. It's and always I really. I think you're right. I think that's him trying to cover up that he just doesn't ride with the same confidence that he once did, um, which is unfortunate because I think Roxon was another one that could have just gone down as an all-time great rider had he he was on a trajectory to just dominate the sport for yeah. a lot of years. Well, not only that, but I loved what he was doing before he got <clears throat> injured. You know, he was he was doing a lot to um, not just dominate the sport, to change the way that the sport is is run. You know, just from the rider's standpoint, the way that he was conducting himself, he showed up to the interviews in suits. You know, uh, the the post race interviews, um, he was just conducting himself in a way that I I I tend to agree with. I think if they were if the riders were to conduct themselves the way that. Um, Roxon was starting to conduct himself. Um, I think that they could pull a lot more out of the sport. Um, oh, I think that was his goal too. You know, he he. The mindset there is amazing. Like this has a potential to be a a massive massive sport. It already has a huge following. Obviously, we're sitting here doing a podcast for it. But to be you know up there in the upper echelons of sport fandom, if they take themselves a little bit more seriously if they conduct themselves and you know more professionally it's not that these riders can be pretty professional obviously but you know every every post-race interview is you know well you know i did this this and that it was a good race this guy had it, it was a great race thank you for and they list off 37 different sponsors and you don't listen to the interview anymore and like how do you take a rider like that seriously when they get five seconds to talk and 20 seconds to, to you know and then not sponsorships obviously are a huge reason why the sport is still alive so i'm not saying that that's got to go away but these riders just have to they got to do something outside of racing and i think roxon was on his way to do that so it's it's yeah it's really unfortunate to see i agree the, the, the turn that his career took and even though i was a roxon hater right back then you know i was i loved tomac and roxon was just i could not stand him i didn't like his attitude but i do feel for him because i don't think he deserved what he got because he could have been one of the best yeah i agree 450 so it's been a pretty good season so far Unfortunately, it looks like Tomac's going to run with it. So let's just get this out of the way quick. Five se- five races left in the season. Four fifty season predictions. Tomac wins it, right? Tomac wins it. <laughs> there's no, there's no chance. It's over. I mean, yep. it's it's barring over. barring some disaster for Tomac, it's over. Spring Creek, Spring Creek, um, Tomac wins. He's he's uh, he's either going to go a one one or a one two. That's my my assumption here. Um. Then I've got uh, my number two, Muskan, um, and number three, Cooper Webb. So Tomac, Muskan, and Cooper Webb. So I actually, um, overall, I agree. I think it's going to be Tomac. I don't think he actually wins both, if any, motos. He probably does, like, I think he does, like, a 2-3 or a 3-2 or something. And consistent with the rest of the season, Muskin probably takes, like, a seventh in the first moto and then comes back and wins the second moto or something ridiculous like that. Um, I think he finishes third. So, number two for me, I think it's going to be Roxon. I think I think Roxon just, he's due. He started off so good. Um and then again, He's, Webb has been coming on. Right, Webb has been coming on, and I just see Roxon. Roxon has just been steadily Fated. getting slower. He's Fated. Yeah. So tell you what, we're actually, 
You convinced me. So our predictions are almost the same for the 450s for next <laughs> week, right? You got Tomac, Muskan, and Webb. I got Tomac, Webb, and Muskan. Okay. Um, so, but really, at the end of the day, it's Tomac, right? That's, and I, it's unfortunate because when you're watching the 450s at this point, does it matter if Tomac finishes 3-3 if, and Muskan finishes 1-1? Because by the end of the season, that's still going to be a 10-point difference right. every week, you know? So uh, these guys need to find a way to be more consistent. And I wonder if it's... I wonder, do you think it's, you know, maybe someone like Moosegan pushing so hard to try to catch Tomac because he's so fast and he makes these mistakes? Oh, do, you, absolutely. do you think it's just them going beyond their limits to try to match Tomac's speed? Absolutely. Yeah, they they go, he, they are, every single one of these riders, that's why I said, they, they can only jump into that tier with him for a, a couple of laps. But every single one of them, when they're riding with Tomac, they are riding outside of their class. It, 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 honestly, it might as well be. Uh, a, a professional football team, an NFL football team playing against a Division three college team. So we get some, some time here. What do you think? Do you think Cooper Webb can jump into that echelon with Tomac? Eventually, yeah. I think Cooper Webb is on that trajectory. I think if... if I mean, uh, he, he kind of dominated this right. last Supercross season, so that's a big step for him. If um, Cooper Webb continues training the way that he's training um, and doesn't get hurt, because uh, I, I think that's what it is. For a lot of these riders, they while they are are building their careers in their younger years, you you can see the speed growing. But beyond the speed, you have to gain experience. And it seems like if you gain the speed while you're gaining your speed in your earlier years, if you can manage to go through that time, that window of time when you're gaining your speed without getting injured and you get beyond that threshold of, say, 20, 25 years old without getting hurt, um, that's when you start, that's when you start uh, putting everything together. Right. You, know, you, get, you get the experience and the, and the maturity together with your just physical acumen for just going. So if Webb starts putting it together, he starts getting that consistency. He, sh- he is fast. He is fast. He is really, really fast, and he also tends to start really well. He is, and, and you know Webb is the only guy on the track that every single time he gets passed, he tries to pass back. It's I, I love it. One, because it makes for interesting races, right? How many top do you see a guy, he'll be fighting, he'll be fighting, he'll get passed, and it's like, oh, okay, well, he passed me, I don't have his pace, and they just kind of let him go. Webb is not that guy, you're right? No. And it's so fun to watch. You, you know, someone will come down on the inside, they'll take that spot from him, and, and the very next turn, Webb is cutting him off, coming back down on the inside, and he says, no, this is my spot. And I think more riders need to have that mentality because even if you don't have the pace, Smart riding can hold that guy off, and if you're getting towards the end of the race and this guy's kind of catching you, you know he's got the pace, but you've got a half a lap left to go. Ride smart, run some blocks, pass back if you get past, because there's going to be an opening, and maybe you can steal that position away. Yep. And I think Webb has that. I think um, I wanted to see Muskin win last year in the Supercross, and you know I'm a huge Marvin Muskin fan. Um, but I had all the respect in the world for Cooper Webb and what he did. And I think that that is just the beginning of what we're going to see from him. He hasn't really been there much in this outdoor season, which is which was a little bit surprising. I wonder if it's, you know, the championship hangover kind of a thing. Like, I just won Supercross. Why am I going to go, you know, pushing outdoors? Or He's definitely said that. He said that he was, he was pushing Supercross, and it, it took him um, – you know, a lot of a lot of the riders in Supercross they start training for outdoors towards the end of the Supercross season, and he didn't. He was 
full on pushing focused for, on yeah, that championship. He was focused on that championship. Um, you, I think you see that in this in this outdoor season as well. Yeah. But if he starts coming on, you know, towards the end of the season here, they got a little bit of break after the season, obviously before next year's Supercross. So. You know, if he comes on, he can push. He can at the very least, we get some really interesting races with him and Tomac. You right. know, maybe Muskan if he can stay up there. Um, and so I, I don't think that you know the races themselves. I think are still going to be fascinating to watch because Tomac hasn't won one every week. You know, he's not that dominant. Guys have pushed him. Guys have gotten up there, and I think Webb is coming on. So maybe he uh, he's the guy that really pushes. You know, maybe him and Tomac push each other to the point where Tomac goes down and we get somebody kind of making the point, you know, like something to happen to make it so right. that this championship doesn't end in the next two weeks, you know, to watch Shugul and the things over at Unadilla. Right. You know, uh, I think that'd be really disappointing, even though that's what it looks like is going to happen. Yeah. So I see a few people on the Instagram live, and I think that's something we want to do, uh, you know, each week. Um you know, even though you can't see it on the podcast. So if you guys are on the Instagram live, if you have thoughts, comments, you want to chime in on anything we're talking about, Cooper Webb and Eli Tomac and, you know, his dominance in the 450s or who you're excited about in the 250s, you know, go ahead and throw a comment in there. We'll, we'll kind of, we'll talk back to you. You can get a chance to jump on the podcast. You know, we'll do that for a few minutes. So uh, thanks for joining. What do you guys think? You know, Cooper Webb, Eli Tomac, freaking Roxon. Is he done? Is he ever going to get back to where he was? You know, we want to know what you guys think about all this. Uh, so it's not just us two guys rambling at each other and telling each other how wrong they are about what they think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you we, guys tell us we're wrong. You too. tell us we're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Until Mac. <laughs> so, all right. So that's gonna do it for the today's podcast. Um, I think that we really enjoyed this, and I'm I'm looking forward to doing this again next week. Yeah. And to have the an week actual after. race to talk about. And yeah, have an actual awesome. race to talk about is gonna help. You know, I know we were kind of all over the place today, but I think we really needed to just get a lot of this stuff out. And really just kind of talk about this season as a whole. We went back a little bit a few seasons. So um, we'll be a little bit more focused next week on the race. And uh, hopefully we get some competition for Tomac and Cianzarulo, Ferrandis. Let's let's see if you can keep it going. So that's going to do it. Make sure, once again, if you're listening on the podcast, go ahead and follow us on the Instagram. It is at Power to the Ground. Check out our website, PowerToTheGround.com. We have a little bit of MX gear that you can go check out. Use those links if it's stuff you're going to buy anyway. If you have suggestions for adding to that list of things that you can buy through there, please go ahead and send us a message, a DM on Instagram. Um, And, of course, the podcast will be uploaded tonight on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. So whatever your choice podcast listening method is, we should be on there. And, uh, Jesse, you got anything else, bud? subscribe share that's it subscribe and share we appreciate all of you guys thank you for those of you who joined and checked us out on instagram live and uh we'll talk to you guys next week that's going to do it for the power of the ground podcast all right thanks guys